0: It's very exciting or should be exciting. We have the opportunity to study God's word tonight. We have an opportunity to look into his word, read things from his word that we can see those things that may benefit our lives and edify us that we can better understand God's word. I think that's one of the wonderful things about these Wednesday night studies is going through and taking a book and going chapter by chapter or half a chapter and half a chapter or a third of a chapter and a third of a chapter and breaking these things down so we can try to better understand God's word. And the better we understand God's word, the better it's going to be in our lives and the better our lives will be. So thank you for, uh, 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 for being here. We, 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 we hope that you find the study edifying and encouraging. As Brother Franklin said, we are doing John chapter 14 tonight. I got to do John chapter 13, and normally this doesn't ever happen. I did the last chapter. I get to do the very next chapter, so I don't have to refer to, to Ian or Aaron's. like, if you recall what I said last time, so we get to go from 13 <laughs> to 14. So hopefully those thoughts are, are collective there. I've got All the verses up here on the board, um, we're going to be studying from the King James Version. Also, I want to make note that yesterday I had a tooth pulled, so I've got um, stitches in my mouth and, and things going, going on like that, so if I mumble or if I don't sound clear, it's because I'm trying to not open my mouth real wide, but I'm very excited, so it's probably going to happen anyway, so I'm just going to be sore, but just, I, I hope that I speak clearly enough and that you understand the things I want us to understand <clears throat> tonight. But to recap from John chapter 13, I don't have these verses up here on the board. If you would, if you have a Bible with you, I encourage you to follow along. Turn with me to John chapter 13, verse thirty-one. I want to kind of make sure we have our mindset where we understand where Jesus and his apostles were and where we kind of left off in John chapter 13 because these next verses, or sorry, well next verses, yes, but the next chapters going from 14 to 15 to 16 to 17 kind of have a whole bunch of of comfort, a whole bunch of teaching, and they kind of go hood together there. So I want to make sure that we remember where we left off last chapter. John chapter 13 verse 31 the Bible says, Therefore when he was gone out, that's Judas Iscariot, is now gone to go do what he's going to do. He's left that dinner there. It says, Now is the Son of Man, Jesus speaking. Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God be glorified in him, God shall also glorify him in himself, and shall straightway glorify him. Little children, yet a little while I am with you. Ye shall seek me, and as I said unto the Jews, whether I go, You cannot come. So now I say to you, a new commandment I give you. I give unto you that ye love one another as I have loved you. That ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples if ye have love one for another. So Jesus is saying there, he's like, God is about to be glorified. The Son of Man is about to be glorified. He's about to go be crucified on the cross. And that's what he's telling them, and he's preparing them. And, and, and he's kind of letting them understand this is about to happen. And I'm just letting you know that, 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 that these events, this purpose of me being here is about to be done on the cross, and I'm about to be crucified. And it says, I give you a new commandment. Not that love was new, but love to the degree of Christ. Love each other as Jesus has loved them. As Jesus has shown that love for his apostles, his disciples, you do that for the same. And I think that that part of that purpose is because Jesus is about to go and they need each other. So they said, be with each other, love each other, and follow the example of love that I have given you. Because he's about to go to the cross, and then we see Peter and his question, and Peter's going to deny him three times, but that's kind of where we left off, is he's still speaking with his apostles there. So as we study John chapter 14, remember who he's talking to, and the context of this chapter is Jesus speaking to his apostles. His apostles are asking him questions. And he's answering those questions and teaching and talking to his apostles there in John chapter 14. And we haven't moved one bit, but I wanted to make sure that you knew that we were still in Jerusalem. So I want to make sure this map was up here. Everybody likes it. Ian loves it. Miranda loves it. Map is here. So we are still in Jerusalem, and we're going to be in Jerusalem here in this area pretty much throughout the rest of this book. Well, we'll move around some, but pretty much in this area. Right here, let me get my pointer back out. There we are. So you've got the map, you've seen the map, we know we're still in Jerusalem. The Bible says in John chapter 14, verse 1, the Bible says, Let not your heart be troubled, ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And, and whether I go, ye know. And the way you know. So these are verses that many of us know that are memorized, that we understand these verses. That Jesus is saying, let not your heart be troubled. And that's, the, that's, the, that's one of the first things I want to point out. Because he, their teacher, their master, is about to be gone. And that's going to be devastating for these guys. They're going to scatter. They're going to flee and all these things. And then come back together. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that later on. But he's just trying to prepare them and let them know. Don't let your heart be troubled. I'm going to prepare a place for you. And Jesus has gone to prepare a place for all those that call upon his name and are saved and believe and are baptized. He said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Now I go and prepare that place. I'm going to come back and receive you unto myself. So where I am, where I'm going to be, you will be there also. This is a fantastic encouragement here. It's fantastic that Jesus said, i am come to this earth to die, and one of those reasons of me going to that cross and being crucified to die is forgiveness of sins, and to go prepare a place so that you can have a place with me. And then Thomas says here in verse 5, Thomas says unto him, Lord, we know not whether thou goest, and how can we know the way? It's a simple question. It's, it's a good question. And Jesus answers that question. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If he had known me, ye should have known my father also. And from henceforth, ye you know him and have seen him. How do we know the father and have seen the father? He said, because Jesus is there. If you know me and you see me, Jesus, then you know and you have seen the father. And he's saying there that I am the way. Because Thomas is like, how are we supposed to know the way? And it's very clear and it's very simple. And the message rings loud and true and clear for us today. Jesus says, I am the way. And there is no other way and many people still today will look and try to talk about another way. There is no other way. You cannot get to the Father without Jesus and that's that's one of the things that he's telling you. You want to know the way to get to that place I'm preparing, it's through me. So and it's the same message for for us today brothers and sisters that Jesus is the way to that home. Jesus is the way to that eternal life and that's what he's teaching them there. It reminded me of Hebrews chapter 10, Hebrews chapter 10 verse 19. Here the Bible says having therefore brethren Boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, which he's about to go give in this chapter that we're studying, by a new and living way. As Jesus said, he said, I am the way. I'm the way to eternal life. The Bible here says a new and living way. That's Jesus, which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God. Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, Having our hearts sprinkled with an evil con- from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for He is faithful that promised. And one of these promises is, is being promised right here, and we're studying that chapter. And those apostles are hearing that promise and seeing Jesus make that promise. And it says here that we have a new living way. That's kind of telling these Hebrew brothers, not the law, not the old way; it's a new way now. Jesus Christ has, has put away that law. He's nailed it to his cross, and we have this new way now. And that's the way that we in this room are following. It's the same way. It's Jesus' way. Jesus is the way. And it says here that he is faithful who promised. and Jesus Christ is the one that is making these promises. But the other thing here, it says in verse 22, it says that we can have, excuse me, let us draw near with a true heart and a full assurance of faith. There's some assurances going on in this chapter that, that, that we're studying, John chapter 14. He's saying, I'm, I'm, I'm assuring you. I'm going to prepare a place, and that should bring comfort. And we're going to talk more about that comfort here later in John chapter 14, but I think these verses here in Hebrews that were very appropriate, talking about that new and living way and all those promises through the blood of Jesus Christ. John chapter 14, verse 8, the Bible, the Bible says, Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it satisfies us. It will satisfy us. Philip's saying, show us the Father. Jesus, Jesus said unto him in verse 9, Jesus saith unto him, Have I been so long, so long time with you? And yet, how hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? I mean, this is not something new. I mean, we've looked at this in several different chapters. We broke this down and we talked about it, that he's saying that if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So he's just kind of, you don't get it, Philip? Verse uh, 10, the, the Bible says, Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? And the words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he he doeth the works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the the very work's sake. So it's, 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 it's the same teaching that, that we've seen before. Jesus doing the same teaching. He said, the Father's in me. Everything I do, it pleases the Father. Everything I do is according to the Father's plan. You see me, you talk to me, you have seen the Father. And it says there, believe that. He's saying, believe that, Philip. Believe you guys that... I am with the Father. The Father is with me. We are one. And I'm doing all those things that the Father wants me to do. And it says, if not, believe for the work's sake. I mean, you've seen all the works. They've seen Jesus raise people from the dead. They've seen Jesus feed people. They've seen Jesus make water into wine. They've seen Jesus raise Lazarus from the dead. We studied that a lot just a few chapters ago. So you've seen all that. You know what that is? That's God. God doing work. God showing all these things. He said, if you need to, believe in the work's sake. Verse 12, and the Bible says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And ye shall ask anything in my name, excuse me, and I will do it. <clears throat> So he's saying here, and, and remember that Jesus is speaking to these apostles here. He's speaking to those that are going to go about and do the work. So he's saying that you believe in me, the works that you will do, the apostles, those works that you do will be greater. Not that they can do anything greater than Jesus, not, not in that sense, but these apostles are, are going to go about, as we look in Acts chapter 2 and on, that they are going about going to establish the church and they're going to they're they're going to take Jesus's work and they're going to continue it. Is basically what he's saying. He said those works that you are going to do are also going to be great. And those works that are going to be great are going to be in my name and in my Father's name. And they're going to help build the foundation of the church. That he said that if you believe in me and you've seen all the works and and if you think about the works that the apostles did, they didn't do the exact same things, but but they did some similar things. They did some similar. Uh, healings and things of that nature in Jesus name and all those things are for the establishment of the, of his church, the building up of his church and they're about to go and spread that gospel around. And he's saying and the works that you will do are going to be glorified. those works are going to glorify the Father and glorify him in the Son. and those things are going to be building that foundation. So it's kind of like you guys are going to take up this work that I've been doing. I've been teaching and I've been preaching this new living way, And these apostles are are going to take and do similar works, and they're going to do similar things, so they can kind of take that work up and establish that church and establish that that foundation. And in Ephesians chapter two and verse nineteen, we kind of see this here, where the Bible says in Ephesians chapter two, verse nineteen. Now, therefore, ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints, and of the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and, and prophets; Jesus Christ Himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building, fitly framed together, groweth into a holy temple in the Lord, and whom also in whom ye also are built together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. So when he's sitting there telling them that those works that you are going to do are going to be greater, they're not greater than Jesus. They're not greater than his works. But they're also upon that foundation, the foundation of the apostles and the prophets also build. They go and they talk to the Gentiles later on. They go and they, they do all this work and, and, and further the kingdom and bring more souls into Christ. The whole purpose of him going to the cross and being crucified. The apostles are going to go do that work as well. Back to our chapter in John chapter 14. Here the Bible says, if you love me, keep my commandments. And for some people, that's the kicker. That's what they don't want to hear. If we said, if you believe in Jesus and you love Jesus, there you go. But Jesus himself is the one that says, if you love me, keep my commandments. So it says there, if you love me, keep my commandments and I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter or helper that he may abide with you forever even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not neither knoweth him but ye know him for he dwelleth with with you and shall be in you and i will not leave you comfortless i will come to you so this is some more assurance this is a more don't be troubled cuz i'm about to go i'm about to be gone but he's saying i will i will pray for the father and he will send you a comforter or a helper, that's the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, which we're gonna, they're, they're going to establish that just a little bit later on in this chapter. But he's saying there, and he will abide with you. And he makes that comparison of the world and the way, so to speak. He said the world can't receive him. The world doesn't know him. The world is evil. The world is under the God of this world or the prince of this world, which we're going to talk about later on too. They have nothing to do with the Holy Ghost or the Comforter or the Spirit as well. He says, but I'm going to bring, or or the Father's going to give you that comforter, and he's going to help you as we study on a little bit more. We're going to come back to that and study that more later on in this chapter, and he's going to give you teaching, and he's going to give you remembrance, and he's going to help you. But also, I will not leave you comfortless. If you look up that word comfortless, it also means orphans, or it means I will not leave you orphans. I mean, I'm going to be gone. I'm about to be crucified and die, but I'm going to come back. And also the comforter is going to come to you, and he's going to help you. So he's saying, I'm not going to abandon you. I'm not going to leave you hanging or any of those type of terms. He's saying, I'm, I'm going to, I'm, I will come back, and I will come unto you, and also the comforter is coming. So to me, it's more encouragement there. Like it's going to be bad or it's going to look bad, but don't let your heart be troubled, guys. He said, I will come back to you, and the comforter and the helper will also come to you as well. And this is necessary. Sometimes it doesn't seem like it's necessary, but is. is. I'm going to jump ahead in our study here and, and, and read a verse from John chapter 16. John chapter 16, verse 7, the Bible says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient. That means it is, it is of an advantage to, to you for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter or the helper there will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. So he's saying there, for one, These things need to be done because this is what the Father wants me to do. I'm going to go to that cross. I'm going to be crucified for the sins of the world. But he said, if I do, it's still of great advantage to you. It's expedient because the Comforter gets to come now. And he's going to help establish you. He's going to help teach you. And he's going to help bring all these things into remembrance so that we can start working on the kingdom. So we can start building the church and bringing souls, thousands of souls, unto you. So it is needful. John chapter 14, verse 19 and the Bible says, Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more. But ye see me, because I live, ye shall also live. <clears throat> At that day ye shall know that I, am, that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. He that hath my commandments, and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I, and I will love him, and will manifest myself to him. Anytime we think of our children and then we think of parents or a father, they want love. That's what my children want. That's what I want. And here he's saying those that, those that love my commandments or those that keep my commandments love me. If you say that you love Jesus Christ and you do not keep his commandments, that's not what's being said here. Say those that keep my commandments are those that love me. And if you love me, then you will also be loved and you'll be loved by the father. So if you love me and you keep my commandments and you do those things and you love each other so people know that you are my disciples, he said then you will get that love. But it also says that I will manifest myself to him or manifest myself to the one that is is keeping my commandments, that is showing that love. Skipping back up, so I'm kind of getting uh, 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 getting ahead of myself, where it says there, that like a little while and the world sees me no more. So that's more talk. That's more letting them know this is coming. It's going to happen. Whether you like it or not, I'm about to go away. But I'm going to live and you're going to see me because Jesus Christ will be resurrected. And then he, say, he says it again, keep my commandments. And I want us to uh, think about that. Do we keep his commandments? Do we love his commandments? Do we obey his commandments? And I mean all the time. Because Jesus says, "Those that want that are going to get that love are those that keep my commandments." It reminds me of Psalms chapter nineteen, Psalms chapter one, Psalms chapter one hundred and nineteen, verse one hundred and twenty-seven. Therefore, I love thy commandments above gold, yea, above fine gold. Verse 143, the Bible says, trouble and ang- anguish have taken hold of me, but thy commandments are my delight. So I want us to just to take those verses and write them down if you, if, if you are, and think about his commandments. Because that's what he's telling his apostles there. Keep my commandments. Anyone that loves me, keep my commandments, sir, will be loved by me and loved by the Father. And I will manifest myself to them. So do we love those commandments above gold? Do we, do we love those commandments even in time of trouble and times of anguish? which These boys, sorry, these apostles are about to go through some anguish and some trouble. He so said, do you love and delight in my commandments? John chapter 14, <clears throat> verse 22 through 24, the Bible says, Judas saith unto him, not Iscariot, because he's already gone. It's the other Judas. Judas saith unto him, not Iscariot, Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us and not unto the world. Jesus a- answered and, and said unto him, if a man love me, he will keep my words, and my father will love him, and he will come unto him, and make, and, and we will come unto him, and make our abode with him. He that loveth me not, keepeth not my sayings, and the word which ye hear is not mine, but the father's which sent me. So this more, uh, more, Uh, confirming that the words that you hear it's the father i'm in the father i'm doing everything that the father wants me to do but where it says there that if you if you look up that word word manifest if you look it up back here where jesus says i will manifest myself unto him and you look here where judas says how will you manifest It's, it's it's the same word and that means to to declare or to make known or appear by word or through word so he's saying there that Those that I'm going to manifest myself to are the ones that love and keep my words, love and keep my sayings. And what's amazing is that Jesus Christ will manifest himself to us if we keep his words, if we keep his sayings. We have that word. We have that saying. So it's amazing to me that thousands of years later, people can still read these words and and keep these words and love these words, and Jesus will manifest himself. Jesus is the word, and you can see him in that word. So that's amazing where he says there, my word is going to do its job. The words that I'm speaking, the words that are are going to be there later. So through that word and the keeping and the loving of that word, I will manifest myself. And then it says, and then me and the Father will come and abode with him. That means dwell with him. That if you are a Christian and you are doing these things, you are keeping those commandments, Said that Jesus said, me and the Father will come and be with you and dwell with you. And make our abode with you. And that, and that is an, an encouraging thought for those apostles. And it is an encouraging thought for us as well. That when we do those things, God is with us. But just like verse 24 says, if we don't, God is not. Keep my sayings. John chapter 14, verse 25 here. The Bible says, these things I have spoken unto you, being yet present with you. So I'm still here. I'm present speaking these things to you. But the comforter which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name. He shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. So there's kind of a chain reaction here. There's kind of a a staging here. A a ladder says that the Father, the Father God has sent Jesus, and Jesus is going to do those things. Then it says there, when I'm gone, the Father will send that comforter, and that comforter is also going to continue to do that work. So it's all for comforting. That Jesus, God sent Jesus, and that Jesus has uh, will send that comforter to the apostles, and then the apostles will speak that word. And the uh, apostles will be able to establish that church and preach those gospel lessons here. And here, when, when it says that Holy Ghost, that comforter, that helper, when he teaches you all things and brings all things to your remembrance, that's kind of those miraculous things that the Holy Ghost is going to do with, through those apostles. That we study about in, in Acts chapter 2. That when he starts to preach and teach those words, it is the comforter that is helping. It, he's the helper. That's what he's meant to do. And, and he is there and he is helping them. And that Holy Spirit, that comforter still gives us the same today. Those words, these words that we're studying, these words in this book can bring us that same comfort. The Bible says here in Romans chapter 15... Verse 4, the Bible says, For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. Now the God of patience and, and consolation, or that, that's another word for comfort, grant you to be like-minded one toward another according to Christ Jesus. That those things that were written aforetime like the Old Testament were to bring us comfort and to bring us under Christ. But to me, there's that connection there that's the same for this New Testament Scripture that brings us comfort. It brings us that hope. It brings us that joy, that comfort through the Scriptures. And the Scriptures is the Holy Spirit. It's Jesus here. Then continuing on here in John chapter 14, verse 27, the Bible says, Then Jesus says here, Jesus says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Verse 28 Ye have heard now, assure me, ye have heard how I said unto you, I go away and come again unto you. If ye loved me, ye would rejoice, because I said, I go unto the Father, for my Father is greater than I. So let's talk about verse twenty-eight for uh, uh, for just a moment. Said you've heard because I've been telling you guys, I've been I've been letting you know that I'm going back to the Father, and that that should make you rejoice. It it doesn't. Once we continue to study, it it upsets them. It, it worries them. They scatter. But it said you should rejoice because I'm going to He who is greater, that He gets to go to that Father. And there's many times that it's upsetting for us when we lose loved ones but it's 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 greater it's a greater place you know the apostle said that too it's like you know to be here with you teaching you that's needful but to die is great gain because then i would be away from all this and i would be with the one who is greater here in verse 27 back in there it says peace i i leave with you but not not the world's peace not the peace that 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 we can do not the peace that the world gives he said i give you my peace and then he says there the same thing he said in the very beginning of this chapter. Let not your heart be troubled and do not be afraid. And their hearts get a little trouble and they do get a little afraid when that time comes where Jesus is being crucified. But he says here he's giving them that comfort and they're going to remember that. Let not your heart be troubled. Why? Because the peace I'm giving you. It reminded me of Philippians chapter 4 verse 4 through 7 where the Bible says rejoice in the Lord always and again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God and the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. That's that's the peace of God. And sometimes that peace is something that we cannot understand. And here Jesus is saying, I'm giving you my peace. And eventually they're going to get that peace and they're going to understand. It's going to come together for them. It's nothing that we can do. It's what God can do. And it's something that is sometimes beyond us that we can't understand. But I want us to make that distinction. It's not just you and me trying to make peace, which we should be peacemakers. It's Jesus saying, I'm giving you my peace. John chapter 14 closing out here our, our study of this chapter where it says here john chapter 14 these last three verses verse 29 says and now i have told you before it come to pass that when it come to pass you might believe and and that's just great because jesus said I'm, I'm not hiding anything guys i'm telling you what's about to happen that way when it does you'll believe verse 30 hereafter i will not talk much with you for the prince of this world cometh and hath nothing in me so here he's saying, I'm I'm going to talk to you. And as a matter of fact, he's pretty much going to talk this chapter and chapter 15 and chapter 16 and chapter 17. But he said, just a little while. It's almost time. And that should get our minds thinking as the rest of this book of John. We are coming to that conclusion of this book. And it says here, because the prince of this world, if you, if, if you recall from Brother Ian's study in John chapter 12, the prince of this world, just like in Second Corinthians chapter four, verse four, it says the 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 God of this world, that's Satan, that is the that is the is the devil who was coming to do those things that Judas is going to do. And it says, He's got no part in me. He hath nothing to do with me. But he's coming, and this is about to happen. Verse 31, it says, But the world, but that the world may know that I love the Father. And as the Father hath gave me commandment, even so I do arise, let us go hence. That should be extremely encouraging to us because we already know these guys at this moment didn't quite comprehend what Jesus was about to go through. Jesus knew exactly what he was about to go through about the beatings and and the whippings and the spitting and the smacking and the hitting and all those things. He knew and he understood. And it says there, but that way the world knows that I love the Father. The Father has given me commandment. And that commandment is you're going to go to the cross and you're going to die. your body broken and your blood spilled for the sins of the world. So Jesus says, so I do. And that is, should be very encouraging for us that many times we fail. I fail. And sometimes I don't do or obey like I should. And Jesus is going to do something that I will probably never experience in my life. But God has given him that commandment. And he says, if I'm going to go prepare that place for you, I need to obey that commandment. So can you imagine, can you imagine knowing what Jesus was going to go through? And then him saying, Look, God's given me this commandment. I'm going to go do it. It's not, going to be, it's not going to be joyous. It's not going to be fun. It's going to be terrible, but I'm going to go do it. And then he pretty much says, arise, let's go. So this is my purpose. This is what God wants me to do is to be crucified on that cross. So I am going to do what God wants me to do. Do we have that same thought? Do we follow that same example? You know, it reminded me of Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, where it says, By faith, Abraham, because we like talking about faith. I talk to, uh, to people who want to talk about faith and that they have faith. Here's faith. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should afterward receive for an inheritance, obeyed and went out, not knowing whether he went. Abraham's faith was obedience Abraham's faith is shown by his obedience just like Jesus was saying here I've been given this commandment so I obey Abraham said or God, uh, God told Abraham I need you to go and you're not even really knowing where you're going Abraham got up and he left and he obeyed we should do the same thing and this night if you haven't obeyed that gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ if you haven't obey that being baptized in our lord and savior and being dipped all the way down in that water and brought up to rise and walk in newness of life that is a commandment that is something that we should obey and we will not get to the prepared place if we don't do that if you haven't done that tonight we have water behind me we are prepared to to assist you with that that's what jesus is here for that's what jesus went to the cross for for you that god is not slack he wants everyone to come to repentance and to come unto him and to come unto Jesus. If you will take that step, if you will come forward and be baptized in the name of our our Savior, Jesus Christ. If you are a a Christian and you need the help or the prayers of the church, there's anything that we can help you with, we ask that you come sit on these front seats and make your wishes known as we stand and we sing.